After meeting Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all those different Vaishnavas became devotees of Krishna and began chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Rama Raghava Rama Raghava Rama Raghava Pahivam Krishna Kesava Krishna Kesava Krishna Kesava Raksam O Lord Ramachandra, descendant of Maharaj Rahu, kindly protect me. O Lord Krishna, killer of the KC demon, kindly protect me. While walking on the road, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to chant this Ram Raghavan mantra. Chanting in this way, he arrived at the banks of the Gotami Ganga and took his bath there. The Gotami Ganga is a branch of the river Godavari. Formerly, a great sage named Gotamarisi used to live on the bank of this river, opposite the city Rajamundri, and consequently this branch was called the Gotamikam. Srilakshmi Nautaka says that Srila Krishna's Kaviraskaswami has recorded the names of the holy places visited by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but that there is no chronological order of the places visited. However, there is a notebook of Govindadas 
containing a chronological order and references to geographical positions. Srila Bhakti Nautaka requests the readers to refer to that book. According to Govindadas, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Trimanda from Gautamikam. From there, he went to Dundiram Tirta, another place of pilgrimage. According to Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, after visiting the Gautamikam, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Malikarjuna Tirta. So here we are in <coughs> Madhya Lila, chapter 9. And Lord Chaitanya is now visiting the holy places in South India. And during that journey, um, Lord Chaitanya has a great effect on the people that he meets. Because he is, first of all, chanting and dancing in public in such a way that everybody who sees him also starts chanting and dancing. Is like that. Yeah. Um, so in that way, Lord Chaitanya is very, it's just his presence makes people take to Krishna consciousness. But that's not all. Sometimes Lord Chaitanya would also enter into scriptural discussions with various people. He would debate sometimes. Where's the crying child? It's crying a little too much. So sorry, but it becomes difficult. traveling to South India, at that time he was not initiating. 
So we had no formal connection with anyone, it was just casual connections. Also, he never started any temples or anything like that, no places where people could go. He didn't have any mat or any organization. And also he didn't have any books. So it are those things that actually create a movement and, and create something that is lasting. So later we see that that was created in Vrindavan, the six Goswamis who went there on the order of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They began to establish temples, they began to write books, there was, and people were becoming initiated. So in this way commitments were made for life and there were holy places to visit. Um, we see that later in West Bengal, after Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, well, in Bengal, Nichananda had been preaching. And Nichananda, he had preached also not in a very structured way. He had just gone around and had big kirtans. And people would just get, get up, caught up in the whole thing, and it would spread from person to person. And, uh, and people also, some became initiated followers, but it wasn't very structured. So after some time, it went down. And the, the real conclusions became covered, and there was a lot of confusion. Uh, but then, Naratandas Thakur, Srinivas Acharya, and Shamananda Pandit, they were sent from Vrindavan with the manuscripts of the Goswami's books. And once, after some adventures, which I won't describe today, uh, but after many adventures, they came to the point where they went to Naratam's village, Ketri, which is now, which is in East Bengal, so now Bangladesh. And there in Ketri village, there they established temples, installed deities, and then they brought all the books from the Goswamis. There was amazing kirtan. So in this way they created places of where people could go and take shelter. So such places are needed. Um, just like we see that this temple um, has an important function for many people. Because there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of programs, a lot of, uh, a lot of things going on around the temple. So it is, it is offering shelter to a lot of people. And we see that immediately Krishna consciousness is becoming more condensed. So, and where that is not the case, Krishna consciousness will not really uh, take hold so easily. We were reading a little bit uh, about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how he was traveling and how he was chanting. Rama Radhava Rama Radhava Rama Radhava Padimam. Protect me, oh Lord Rama. Please protect me. We need protection. When Krishna protects us, Krishna Rake Marake, when Krishna protects you, nobody can kill you. Krishna can protect us from the biggest demons, 
and that is what Krishna did, and that is what Lord Ramachandra did. So, in this way, Lord Chaitanya was remembering the protection of the Supreme Lord. He was acting like a devotee, living always in a close connection with the Supreme Lord. It means that spirituality or religion is not just a addendum, not just something that's also there, something that's also part of life, and that life is something else. No. Our whole life is that relationship with the Supreme Lord. Everything that manifests is the Lord's energy. Um, so either directly or indirectly, we're actually always, always in connection with the Supreme Lord. Um, when Prabhupada was in, uh, in uh, Mayapur, there was one Bengali businessman and this businessman, he was, uh, he was wealthy. So Prabhupada said, what is your business? He said, oh, I'm manufacturing glass. Prabhupada said, oh, where, where are you getting the glass from? He said, we are manufacturing glass from sand. We take silicium from the sand and we are manufacturing glass. And Prabhupada said, and where are you getting this Elysium, this sand from? The man said, from God. Prabhupada said, that's right. You're taking from God. You, you... So then you are a thief. <laughs> oh, I'm a thief. I'm a thief, yes, you are a thief. Because you're taking property that belongs to someone else. You change it, and then you sell it. That's what a thief will do. I'll steal your car, but I painted another color. <laughs> and then I said, so in this way, a thief. Because everything is originally Krishna's property. Everything is originally coming from Krishna. It is all his energy. So when we walk around in the world and sort of claim things, separately from God. Here I have my possessions. These are my possessions. But I'm generous. So I'll give something you know, of my possessions to God. I'll give him something. No problem. I'm happy to give him something. Wait a minute. You can't give him anything because it was already his. You know? You're borrowing it from him. Whatever we have, we're borrowing. We are borrowing the property of the Supreme Lord for ourselves. That's what we are doing, actually, if we really think about it. So whenever, whatever we offer, we just give back what was already is in the, same, in, in the first place. Just like you see people, they take bath in the Ganga, and they stand up to the waist in the Ganga, they scoop up some water with two hands, and then they offer the water back to the Ganga. What are they doing? <laughs> it is this, it's like this. What can you offer to Ganga? Ganga is pure, spiritual. What can you give Ganga that is pure and spiritual? What, what can you offer Ganga that is better than Ganga? Therefore, you offer Ganga, Ganga does. <laughs> you take some Ganga and you offer it back to Ganga. So, in the same way, we offer to Krishna. Everything, whatever comes from Krishna. We can just only offer it back to Krishna. So, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 
was fully aware. He was intensely living in that relationship with the Supreme Lord. He was not just walking along the paths. He was not thinking, oh, what will become of my auntie, my uncle, and my grandfather, and all the other 73 family members that I have that are currently alive. Um, every night I say my prayer for them. What will become of them? No. He had fully placed his family members in the hands of Krishna because he knew Krishna will take care. He was a sannyasi. He had fully renounced the world, um, not irresponsibly, but before he left, he prayed and he placed his mother and his young wife in the hands of the Supreme Lord. And then he left and he fully dedicated himself to the Supreme Lord. See, he didn't just like go away and to sleep and you know, say, okay, got rid of the, of the ladies, good. <laughs> and now I do nothing. No, 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 no. He was purchasing the mercy of the Lord. So his prayer stood, oh my Lord, I cannot take care of them now. You please take care of them. But every moment he was purchasing the mercy of the Lord. In that way, they were taken care of, you see. In that way, the sannyasis would leave home and would place their family members in the hands of the Lord. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was such a sannyasi. Uh, he was constantly living in that relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, so, in this way, we are entering now into the journey through South India. When we look at the purport, then we see that uh, some technical comments are made. Some comments are made about how Krishna Kaviraj wrote down the places where uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went but, went, but it wasn't in a chronological order. So if you really want to reconstruct the journey of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through South India, you won't get it from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. But then, Srila Bhaktivinoda refers to another book. A book written by Govinda Das, which is actually giving us uh, that information. So this is very interesting, because besides that it's interesting that there is such a book, you know, I find that interesting. I want that book, with, you know, if possible. I don't have that one. I'm trying to get it, and uh, but then we can also see that there is an open invitation to really study the life of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and to go to those places. When we read the purports of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, we often read descriptions of you can go on this and this train, on this and this railway line, and you get down at this and this station, and from there you take a rickshaw and then you come to this and this place place that is described here. So many times there's information as to how to get there to the place. Uh, nowadays we may not always go by the train, sometimes we take a taxi or so. It's another way of going there. It costs a bit more but it's a little easier. Uh, and when you come with Australian dollars you can manage that. 
whatever it may be. Um, but there is an invitation. We get an invitation to visit such places. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he was uh, he was organizing what was called the theistic exhibition in Calcutta on the Maidan. Now, those who know Calcutta, they know that the Maidan is a big open area in central Calcutta, just at the base of Victoria Memorial. It was the area where Fort Williams used to be one of the first settlements of the British in India. And said in Fort Williams were not only military, but also the first, the first Westerners who really came to study the tradition of India. And many manuscripts were collected. And all these manuscripts went to Oxford. Right? And somehow or other, I have a disciple who is in Oxford and who is a PhD and so on. And he is the uh, head librarian of the uh, Faculty for Hindu Studies. And they have inherited all those books in, that, in their library, all the books that were taken out of Fort Williams. And he says there are so many manuscripts there that up to the day of today, they still have not categorized everything. They have not catalogued, sorry, catalogued everything. So they still don't even know what they have, <laughs> what they've taken. <laughs> anyway, it's full of manuscripts, so that could be interesting because it came out of Kolkata in about uh, a good, maybe some 200 years, 150 years ago. Um, and there may be many manuscripts that deal with our tradition. So there may be a gold mine there for scholars. Anyway, so I'm waiting to see what will come out of that library. Because we want to know more. We want to understand better. Anyway, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, he was very learned, as we know. And he was very conversant with the places that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went. And he made it an agenda item to bring this to the world. So they had in Calcutta, on the Maidan, they had a theistic exhibition on many acres of land, and they had dioramas, different statues depicting conclusions from Vedic scripture. And then he had one acre, and on this one acre they made from cement a 3D map from India. All of India was there in the middle of the Vindhya mountains, which uh, divide India between the Panchagoda and the Panchadravida, between the five provinces, traditional provinces in the north, and the five traditional provinces in the south. And then it showed the route that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went. He had the full map there. So it's a theme park, they call that nowadays. It's a theme park. And you could go in there and you could just follow the whole route. 
That was not all he did to the Baptist He also went to many of his holy places and he personally installed Prince of the Lotus Feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In Bengal, some footprints of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu have been preserved. So they made, and they were very large because Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very tall. He was very tall. In Mayapur, we see the deity of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is very large. But Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very tall. His arms very high and his feet, his lotus feet also quite large. So they made prints from that. And then they cast that into, and he installed the footprints of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in nine places where Mahaprabhu went in South India. And after that, Lokanath Maharaj, since he did Padhyatri, he, he did a few more. He also, in some places, installed more footprints. And we should finish it. Um, we should, someone, someone, maybe someone in this room, maybe someone from outside this room, maybe someone who's looking at the camera, but maybe someone can just put footprints of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in all the places where he went. That would be a great service because we want the world to know. We want the world to go. We want the world to understand this unique personality and the mercy that is available. And, uh, and therefore, to go on this pilgrimage. Uh, so let us make this pilgrimage famous. That is one of the uh, services that this movement has to complete. It has been started, but it has to be completed. I'm just uh, too busy as it is, so uh, let's see, maybe we can do something. But uh, meanwhile, at least let's, let's say it. And maybe some of the local people in the local area can be organized to do such a thing. That's probably the best way to do it. So some of you are from South. <laughs> so we can connect to the local people. Malika Junati Jajai Maheshatakila Taha Sabeloka Krishna Malayla Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then went to Malikarjuna Tirtha and saw the deity of Lord Shiva there. He also induced all the people to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Malikarjuna is also known as Sri Saina. Uh, Sri Saina is this well-known place. It is situated about 100 miles northeast of Karnula on the southern bank, on the southern bank of the Krishna River. There are great walls all around the village, and within the walls reside the deities known as Malikarjuna. It is a deity of Lord Shiva, and it is one of the Jyotir Lingas. Um, so, but why did Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu worship one of the demigods? Um, they asked that question. Doesn't Krishna said, say that uh, that those who worship the demigods are alpamedasa, that they are less intelligent. Isn't it that 
Kechit Kevraya Bhakta Vasudev Parayana, isn't it that the Srimad Bhagavatam says that one should only worship Kechit Kevraya Kevar? Kevar? Kevraya Bhakta. Only Bhakti. Kevar. And then Vasudev Parayana. So that's pretty clear. So, why was he worshipping Lord Krishna? Lord Vishnu? Lord Shiva? <laughs> Sorry. Um, why was he worshipping Lord Shiva? Vaishnavanam Yata Shambhu. He was worshipping Lord Shiva as a Vaishnava. He's worshipping him as a great devotee of, of the Lord. And in that way we can respect, we can appreciate uh, and worship. Yes. But we take only Krishna Prasad. Uh, one may offer respect to the Devatas. Uh, we may go, we may bow down to the Devatas. But we will not perform, we will not take Prasad from the Devatas. That we will not. Only Prasad that was first offered to Vishnu, then to the Devatas, then to us. So we can keep in mind, if, if a family member catches you and you wind up in some situation, <laughs> you can offer respect, no doubt, to the sound. cannot take it. Such little things are nice to know. They make things very clear. See, and in the next verse, which I didn't read, but I read it to you now, it says, Ramdasa Mahadev Kaita Parasan. So there he saw Lord Mahadev, Shiva, the servant of Lord Ram. See? So the verse, although I didn't read it, it confirms what I actually explained just now. Vaishnavan Vyatasan. And after that he went to Ahovala Mashinda. Now how, what is that with this Ahovala Nishrinda? Huh? Let's read a little more. Upon seeing the Ahovala Nishrinda deity, so this is in South India, right? Because we're doing a tour of South India. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu offered many prayers unto the Lord. So, what is this, uh, this Ahovala Nishrinda? It is said that when you go there, uh, there are nine deities of Lord Nishrinda on the mountain. You have to go up the mountain hill and then on top of the mountain there is a large broken pillar and they say that this is the pillar from where Lord Nishimilev appeared. But uh, didn't we read somewhere that Lord Nishimilev appeared on another planet? That the whole pastime did not take place on planet Earth? Didn't we read like that? Then is this Ahogula actually bona fide? Or is it just some sort of concocted place with some, where some so-called big pillar is there and the, the local pandas are sitting there for a long time as a good donation? Put your donation here.
place like that? There are. I have heard that there are such places in India. Huh? I have heard. Have you also heard? Huh? Maybe you have even seen. Huh? I have heard. Anyway, Ahogala. No. But why did Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu go there? If it says in scripture that the Lord appeared on another planet. It is said that actually the incarnations of the Lord, the Das Avatar, there are ten incarnations of the Lord. And these incarnations of the Lord, these Lila Avatars that perform pastimes, they come again and again. Huh? Just as Lord Varaha, we have a red Varaha, but we also have a Sveta Varaha, a white Varaha, the Lord in the form of the Boar. We have a white one, and we have a red one. <laughs> so, is he red or is he white? Maybe the artist ran out of color, and he just <laughs> painted him white. And then, you know, and since then we have Sveta Varaha. I mean, what is it? Is Lord Rade red or is he white? What do you think? White. She thinks white. And you? Red or white? Pastimes are going on, and then 
later on, Krishna appears in another universe and he does the same pastimes. Same ones. And it's like, where does he turn with so she's going like, oh god, here's Akasura again, man. <laughs> <laughs> and boy says, we're not going in, no way. <laughs> we know it's not a cave, it's a snake, we've been in there before, forget it. No, 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 we're not going in. Yeah. Because the same pastime again and again. Yes. Why is it so? Um, because, you know, Bhaktivinoda explains to us in his Chaitanya Sikshamrita that all these demons that appear are representing a certain mentality, a certain psychological state. They are like psychological prototypes of demoniac mentality. And that when you become more and more cold and don't care about anybody, you are like a and when you are like just so proud of your power, you want to overpower everyone, here we come, KCD. So, in this way, um, we can actually see how, how all these personalities, all these demons, they represent particular demoniac tendencies and we can therefore see what is, is there a little Casey in us, right? Do you sometimes also just come storming into the house? <laughs> or do you recognize your husband in that? <laughs> souls and that in the material world he performs pastimes that relate to the state of mind of the conditioned soul so that he helps the conditioned soul to rise above and that we are by end by studying these pastimes that we are gradually overcoming these tendencies within ourselves donkey <laughs> Yes, there is a donkey in us as well, what can I say, you know? I don't want to call any names, you know? I'm not going to call anybody donkey. But, you know, there is a donkey in us. There is, in every one of us. It's hard to make donkey noises, I'm not going to Anyway. So, the point that I'm trying to make is the pastimes of the Supreme Lord. They, when we look at them and when we see that the Lord is repeating the same pastimes, but that he's doing so to deal with the conditioned souls, and that he adjusts for them because they develop certain mentalities, then we understand that. And just as we can see, Irani Kasipu, he had it all calculated. Oh yes. He was very smart. 
because he asks. He performed austerity for a long time, and then Lord Brahma comes and he asks Lord Brahma, can you give me immortality? Lord Brahma said, how can I give you what I don't have? I'm not immortal, so how can I give it to you? I cannot give you what I don't have. That makes sense. You can only give what you have. What you don't have, you cannot give. So Lord Brahma says, I cannot give that. Subsequently, then Iranikasipu said, all right, no problem. But you give me the benediction that I will not die either in the day nor in the night, not inside, not outside, not in land, not on the air, nor on water, and that no demigod will be able to kill me, that I will not be killed by any weapon. And in this way, a long list, and he was killed at twilight. It was not day, it was not night. He was killed on the doorstep. It wasn't inside nor outside. He was killed, not by any weapon, but by the nails. <laughs> so, in this way, Irani Kasipu was taken care of by the Supreme Lord. And the Lord just shown, you thought you had calculated everything. You thought you had covered yourself from all sides. You thought you had figured it out. No problem. Yeah. If something goes wrong, I've got an insurance. I'm <laughs> <laughs> covered from every side. But we see that that kind of coverage cannot cover us. Material arrangements can ultimately not protect us. Only the Supreme Lord can protect us. And thus Irani Kasipu got caught out, although he had calculated everything and covered every angle and had taken proper insurance from Lord Brahma, who was a reputed insurance agent. <laughs> Still, somehow or other, right, Something happened to him that was not covered by the insurance. Then, <laughs> what came of that? See? So it is very interesting that ultimately we can see huh, that we also may have in us a little bit that tendency to calculate and to sort of think, now I'm okay. I've covered, I've covered everything really well. You know, I'm fine. But the pastime is warning us, warning us that beware, you may get caught out by circumstances. So better you take shelter of Krishna. If you take shelter of Krishna, that's what Prahlad did. Oh, Prahlad, huh? Prahlad, you are only five years old. Oh, yes, I'm five. Your father is big and powerful. He has arms this big. Prahlad. Your father is raising a sword. He says that I will kill this boy because he's like a disease in the body. And if the body is diseased, even if your own limb, part of your body gets diseased, sometimes you have to cut it off. And therefore, I will now prolate now you see this sword? You see it? Huh? 
okay, come on, now I will kill you. Uh, what will you do now? Huh? Where is your Lord? Huh? Prabhat? Everywhere. Oh. <laughs> is he everywhere? Huh? Is he there? Is he everywhere? Is he in this room? <laughs> So many other things, no. 
I want service to Krishna. Yes. What do you want for your birthday? Service to Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> like that, you know. You put it on top of the list. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's the right answer. What, what would you desire the most? Service to Krishna. What is your greatest treasure? Service to Krishna. Um, all these things. So, in this way, um, that Brahman was very advanced. Um, that is Nista. That one is firmly fixed. And at that stage, one is no longer uh, wavering. One is no longer fighting with the mind. Um, at earlier stages in Krishna consciousness, sometimes you want to be Krishna conscious and sometimes you want to be in Maya. But, okay, you don't do it, but deep down in your heart actually, ah, if only I could, you know, just for a day, be in ignorance. <laughs> huh? You heard that ignorance is bliss. If only I could for one day forget all this transcendental knowledge. Would it be wonderful? <laughs> no. <laughs> it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't be wonderful at all. It would just increase our problems. Right? So forget that. So no, but you know, I wouldn't do any anything sinful. Well, not sinful. I don't want to do sinful things, Maharaj. Oh, oh. oh, no, no, no. Just a little sense gratification. Is yes, a little, my love? Yes, yes, yes. But have you, have you seen people fishing? And have you seen how they put a big fat worm on a hook? Um, and they put that and that in the water and it is there. And under the water the fish are swimming. Now have you seen fish? Have you noticed that fish have big eyes? I mean, if we would have eyes as big as fish, you know, the eyes would go down below our shoulder. Below your shoulder. So do you think that the fish is blind? You think, no, the fish he sees very well. The fish is swimming in the water and oh my God, look at that delicious worm, yum, yum. Ooh, the fish is thinking, that looks tasty. And they say, God, but it, it's hanging on a terrible hook. Ugh. Oh, I'm not going to bite that one. No way. And it swims past. It's a god, that worm looks good, you know. Oh, it looks so tasty. Then the fish is thinking, what if I nibble a little bit from the side without biting the hook? That's it. That's it. Controlled sense gratification. <laughs> I've got the formula for you, you know. Just careful and controlled. Don't take it too far. Just nibble a little. And stretch the envelope and then just, when you're on the edge, quickly nibble and go back. 
this is nibbling of the work and nothing happens. Yay! I've got the formula, nothing happens. Yeah. We drank a bottle of wine on the birthday of my wife and I am not any less Krishna conscious. I didn't notice any difference. No, no wonder. Because you were drunk. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what can I say? You know? Yeah, no wonder you just notice anything. <laughs> you know. That wasn't nibbling, that was seriously biting, you know. <laughs> anyway, the thing is, as you nibble, that hook has a, that is connected to a string and a floater that's on top of the water. And the fisher lady named Maya, she is sitting there and she's seeing, oh, a fish is nibbling on my worm. Oh. And suddenly, with an expert movement from the wrist, you know, she's done it before. <laughs> on the hook again. Hooked again. It is said by Chil Jagadananda Pandit um, Krishna Bhagya Mukhaya Bhogavan Shakara Nikita Samaya Tara Japati Ahaya. When you are playing with Krishna's external energy right, and you're getting into the mood of enjoying that material energy. Even before you do it, Maya is nearby and she will slap you down. You will not fall down, she will slap you down. See that? She, she'll push you over the edge. When you start to flirt with Maya, she'll slap you down. Watch out, you know, I'll take you to the edge, you know. It's like. No, I'm staying within the boundaries of Krishna consciousness, but I'm going to the edge, you know, as f I'll take it to the limit, right, as far as you can, you know. Yes, but Nikitasamaya, Dharajapatiyahi, Maya will slap you, slap you down, Jagadananda Pandit says. So, this is very interesting. So when we read the Chaitanya Charitamrita, we're really reading about our own spiritual life. We're reading about the temptations that we are facing. We're reading about our struggle. We're reading about our own inner experience. And then we see, as we saw in, in the previous purpose, there are other books which we are invited to read. There are many books which are like offshoots of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Just like I, re I quoted the verse from the Prema Vivarta from Jagadananda Pandit. Now, Jagadananda Pandit is one of the heroes in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. There's like in the Anjalila, there's a whole chapter dedicated to the interactions of Jagadananda Pandit and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And it is explained that in Krishna Lila, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was of course Krishna himself, and Jagadananda Pandit was also there as Satyabhama, Queen Satyabhama, who had a fiery nature. And so did Jagadananda. But Jagadananda is, is counting as an eternal associate of the Lord, of pure liberated souls. And it says in, in, in the, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is said that one of these personalities, 
had the power of delivering the entire universe. So now, that would, would have been hard to believe if we didn't have Srila Prabhupada. But we're seeing that Srila Prabhupada has that, that potency. Because we're seeing that people who didn't even meet him during his lifetime are still, taking, still developing faith when they are hearing in his behavior and still are giving their lives and becoming his followers. So, in this way, yes, we can see there is a devotee that can deliver the universe. It is possible that such devotees existed. So Jagannanda Pandit is counting in that category. Therefore, whatever he writes, Srila Prabhupada is saying, the words of the liberated souls are as good as scripture. Um, whatever they, they write, whatever they speak, whatever they sing, these words are as good as scriptures, such as like the songs of Narathamas Thakur, the songs of Bhakti Yunam Thakur. Um, so sayings, Sayings of pure devotees are equally, equally important, uh, equally important. So the sayings, so therefore this book of Jagadananda Pandit is an extension of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And now you can remember, if you take it to the edge and think, I will not fall, my will slap you down. That's interesting. Well, interesting or scary. <laughs> anyway. So, we were with a Brahmana who was in a temple of, of Lord Ramachandra and he was only chanting the name of Ram. Otherwise, the Brahmana did not speak a word. That day, Lord Chaitanya remained there and accepted Prasadam at his house. After bestowing mercy upon him in this way, the Lord proceeded ahead. At the holy place known as Skanda Ksetra, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu visited the temple of Ksanda. Excuse me, I don't know what this temple of Ksanda actually is. From there he went to Trimant, where he saw the Vishnu deity of Trivikram. Trivikram, Kram means step. Trivikram means the one who took three steps. So, who's that? Vamadev, he says. After visiting the temple of Trivikram, the Lord returned to Siddhavata, where he again visited the house of the Brahmana, who was now constantly chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. After finishing his lunch there, Shichitani Mahaprabhu asked the Brahmana, My dear friend, can you tell me what your position is now? Formerly, you were constantly chanting the holy name of Lord Ram. Why are you now constantly chanting the holy name of Krishna? The Brahmana said, this is all due to your influence, sir. After seeing you, I have lost my lifelong practice. From childhood, I have been chanting the holy name of Lord Ramachandra. But upon seeing you, I chanted the holy name of Lord Krishna just once. Since then, 
The holy name of Krishna has been tightly fixed upon my tongue. Indeed, since I've been chanting the holy name of Krishna, the holy name of Lord Ramachandra has gone far away. From my childhood, I've been collecting the glories of the holy name from revealed scriptures. The supreme absolute truth, the same, sorry, then he quotes a verse, Ramanti yogi no nante satchananda chitatmani iti rama padena so param rama vidyate. The Supreme Absolute Truth is called Ram because the transcendentalists take pleasure in the unlimited true pleasure of spiritual existence. Krishya bhuva chika sabdu nama chanirviti va chika teyurai kyam param rama krishna iti abhidiyate. The last verse was, by the way, from the Padma Purana. Then it said, translation, the word Krish is the attractive feature of the Lord's existence, and Na means spiritual pleasure. When the verb Krish is added to the affix Na, it becomes Krishna. It indicates the absolute truth. This is a verse from Mahabharata, Utyog Parva, 71.4. Param Brahma Duinam Samana Raila. As far as the holy names of Ram and Krishna are concerned, they are on equal level. But for further advancement, we receive some specific information from the revealed scripture. Yes, they are on equal level because, after all, they are both the Supreme Lord. But then, in the next verse, it says, Rama, Ramiti, Ramiti, Rama, Rama, Man, Rama. Lord Shiva addressed his wife Durga. Oh, Varanana, I chant the holy name of Ram, 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 and thus enjoy this beautiful sound. This holy name of Ramachandra is equal to 1,000 holy names of Lord Vishnu. So, you may, why are they saying 1,000 holy names? They're referring to Vishnu Sahasranam. There is that stotram of the Vishnu Sahasranam where we can recite a thousand names of Vishnu and you chant three names of Ram. Huh? Ram, Ram, Ram. Same. So one Ram is chanting Vishnu Sahasranam for half an hour. At least takes half an hour and you say Ram, Ram, Ram. <laughs> Same results. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> this is a verse from the Brihat Vishnu Sahasranam Stotra in the Uttarakhanda of the Padma Purana. So this Padma Purana, that's not just some obscure scripture. That is like uh, one of the Satrika Puranas, uh, which are very authoritative. So strong evidence. Uh, then, Sahasranam Punyanam Te Ravichitu Yat Phalam the pious result derived from chanting the thousand holy names of Vishnu three times can be attained by only one utterance of the holy name of Ram, of God, of Krishna. So, holy name of Krishna. So the holy name of Krishna is a one holy name of Krishna is the same as three names of Ram, which is the same as thousand names of Vishnu. So in this way, we can see, uh, and this is from the Brahmanda Purana, uh, which is, again, like, 
and uh, important um, Vedic reference. So in this way, we are seeing all this. So the Brahman continued. According to the statement of the Shastras, the glories of the holy name of Krishna are unlimited. Still, I could not chant his holy name. Please hear the reason for it. My worshipable Lord has been Lord Ramachandra. By chanting his holy name, I received happiness. Because I received such happiness, I chant the holy name of Lord Ram day and night. By your appearance, Lord Krishna's holy name also appeared. And at that time, the glories of Krishna's name awoke in my heart. Sir, you are that Lord Krishna himself. This is my conclusion. Saying this, the Brahmana fell down at the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So now here we had a Brahmana who was learned, who had researched the scripture and had collected quotes from the scripture and who knew that the name, that three names of Ram equaled the Vishnu Sahasranam. He also knew that one name of Krishna was equal to three names of Ram. He knew that. But still he was chanting the name of Ram because he had done so from childhood and it was bringing him happiness. So it is explained. But when he got the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, when one gets the mercy of the Supreme Lord or of the representative, the pure devotee of the Lord, that awakens taste. Uh, because that, it, that pure devotee can immediately, or the Supreme Lord can immediately lift us up. And then we can chant with inspiration. So in this way he, he could chant like that. Now why is it that the forms, uh, that, that these names are giving different results. Uh, let us look for a moment at the tattva of the personalities involved. involved. And then we see that Vishnu tattva, or Lord Vishnu, manifests as Narayan. Uh, and we understand that Lord Narayan <coughs> is an expansion of, of Krishna, that first Krishna expands himself in the form of Balaram. And that Balaram again expands himself into the form, into Sankarsan. Huh? And that we get the expansions of the chapter of Yuga. We get Vasudev, Sankarsan, Prajuna, and Aniruddha. And these four uh, are the, uh, the chapter of Yuga. From them, the next expansion is Lord Narayan. Then Lord Narayan extends again into a second chapter of Yuga. And then from those, so many different Vishnu forms are manifesting. So that's that we understand Lord Vishnu. Lord Vishnu's eternal abode is in Vaikuntha. In Vaikuntha, how many rasas are there in Vaikuntha? It said in Vaikuntha, there is awe and reverence. There is awe and reverence. So there is Sakyaras, sorry, there is Santaras, that respect for the Lord. That is there. There is servitorship in Vaikuntha, there is Dasyaras. It said in Gorvasaka, uh, friendship controlled by respect. It says in, in the Vaikuntha planets, there are two and a half rasas. Two and a half rasas. Um, 
Then we are looking at Lord Ramachandra. Um, he said that yes, Lord Ramachandra um, is a boat. It's not in the Vaikuntha plans. It is said that in the spiritual sky, within the Brahma Jyoti, there are all the Vaikuntha plans where there are different forms of Lord Vishnu. Then there is the lotus of Golok, where Krishna resides. It says on the petals of that Golok is the abode of Lord Ramachandra. There is Ayodhya, eternally. And we see um, that there are still um, the relationships with Lord Ramachandra are, are going deeper, are going further than the relationships with, with Lord Vishnu. Um, becomes more, more intimate. Um, but then it is only in Golok that the Lord is manifesting all the rasas. The sages of Dandakaranya, they desired that conjugal rasa, that Madhurya rasa, but they could not have that with Lord Ramachandra, who had Ekapatnivatna, for example. To have only the vow, to have only one wife. But with Krishna, all these rasas are there manifesting. So ultimately we understand that although Lord Ramachandra is also Bhagavan, he's a partial manifestation of Bhagavan who comes to this world to establish principles of Dharma. Um, and at the end, see the Ramayana is, a, is, is an amazing book. It's amazing. The war and how Ramachandra remains always fixed on Dharma. But the end of the Ramayana is too much. Uh, because then he gives up Sita. How after all that can he give up Sita? I mean, that and he, he leaves her and she goes to, even although she's expecting in Vamiki's ashram, she has the sons and then all this. And in the end, um, okay, big drama, and so many, and, and Kushan, Lav and Kush are fighting with the, uh, uh, with the brothers, right, of Lord Ramachandra, because they sent out this horse, which is for a sacrifice, whatever length the horse crosses, the kings have to submit to Ram, or, or else be ready to fight. So, as the horse is passing, Lav and Kush stop the horse. They stop it. And they even take the horse and hide the horse. That's the whole thing. So it becomes a fight. And they are defeating. They're defeating. They're defeating the uh, Satrugna. The brothers are being defeated. So what to do? So in the end, Okay, it comes to a truce and everything is fine and they turn out to be the sons of Ram and then Ram invites Sita to come back and she says like, uh, sorry, 
So, you know, you know, you send me away just one too many times. And, and she just, and the earth opens up and she enters into the earth and the earth. That's too much, isn't it? It's Dharma. And you just gave her up just because someone in the kingdom was mistrusting, right? Oh, she spent the night in another man's place, therefore. Which normally is, is a good reason not to trust, but in the case of Sita, she had already entered into a fire and come out unharmed, so was that not enough? Right. So, no, because of Dharma it was not enough. Just see, all devouring Dharma. That's why, no, we are not satisfied with the Ramayana at the end. <sighs> Sita disappears into the earth.